Hey everybody, welcome back to Church Public. I am glad that you joined us here today. We are continuing on talking about the difference between faith and culture, the connections between faith and culture, and how we live in this world. It's important for us to connect with what is going on in real life. It's important for us not to sit back and just let life pass us by. We really have to engage in this world. So today we're continuing talking about that. We're going to talk about Christian nationalism and see what comes out of that. So welcome to Church Public. Here we go. All right, everybody, welcome back to Church Public. Thanks for joining us today. If you haven't already, check out churchpublic.com. You can find more episodes. You can have links to the video episodes. We've got audio-only episodes, if that's what you like. You can go to iTunes and subscribe. I think I'm on Spotify as well. You can also check us out on social media. Look for at Church Public on most of the platforms. Again, I appreciate your help. I appreciate your prayers. And if you want to support, you can go to churchpublic.com support. Any amount help. We are trying to do this and bring this light to the world. I think people need to know about Jesus, and this is what I have in the way of presenting that information. So again, thanks for joining us. Today we're talking about something called Christian nationalism, and this has come up more and more over the past several months, especially through the last year, especially through the election, and I have people asking questions of what is it? What am I supposed to do? Is it bad? And let's talk about it a little bit and let's figure that out. So first thing I want to start with is a verse because we always want to come back to the Bible and we always want to talk about what God has to say about this. And in fact, this is a great story directly from Jesus. So we're going to talk about this story. And so Jesus, um, he is always being asked questions by the Pharisees and the Pharisees don't love him, let's say it that way. So they're, they tend to be out to get him, right? And in Matthew 22, Matthew, one of the apostles and disciples, he writes uh, the story about Jesus. And, and one of the times when people are coming at Jesus in Matthew 22, and they're trying to figure out what are, what are we supposed to do with our taxes? And I mean, we're coming up on tax time, right? So this is appropriate for us too today. And in taxes, so you know, what happens is they say, hey, are we supposed to pay taxes? Or since like you're saying, Jesus, this kingdom is not this world, the the new kingdom that you have, like, do we not pay taxes or whatever? And so Jesus, and they're trying to trap him, of course, and they're trying to get him to say, don't pay taxes. And then they can arrest Jesus because he's insurrecting, you know, the tax codes and blah, 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 whatever. So anyway, Jesus being wise and God, answers in this great way and he pulls out actually he asks for a coin right and so so they give him this coin and you can do this with your money too though um unfortunately as far as i know every person on our money right now is not alive anymore at the time though on the picture of the coin was caesar right and so caesar the guy who's in charge of the roman empire and um the guy in charge of the whole thing and who you give the taxes to, Jesus says, hey, who's on this coin? And of course, people say, oh, that's Caesar, right? And and so Jesus says, well, then give to Caesar what you owe Caesar and give to God what you owe God. And this is really good. And it's, it's such a great way for us to picture the world and to picture the kingdom of God today even. It was for them then. It's for us now. Like, it's really good for us to understand what is national right, in the nation that you're in, and what is beyond that? Is there a beyond that? And Jesus is saying here, yeah, there's a beyond that, and and you need to understand what that is and what 
the nation's place in the whole world is and what your place in the nation and in the world is. So he says simply, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. What does that mean? Well, it means Caesar's on the coin. Caesar is in charge of the nation, right? So on some of our money, we have presidents on some of our money and presidents are in charge of the nation of America. So you give to the president, you give to the nation what is owed the nation. If you owe taxes, you should pay your taxes because that's your responsibility as you're in the nation that you're in. But then Jesus doesn't just leave it there. He says, and give to God what is God's. And that's the bigger picture that Jesus has been saying through this whole book of Matthew and through his whole ministry on earth. There's more going on than you see. There's more going on than the nation that you're in. And again, the same is true today. There's more going on than the nation that you're in. So give to God what is God's. What does that mean? Well, simply everything is God's. Again, go back to Genesis. God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything. He created you. He created me. He created the nations and inspired the nations. And he created the governments. He created everything. And all the resources are his. Since he created everything, since he really has ownership of everything, then he owns the resources too and the money. And so it's, it's at one time this call from Jesus to be responsible to give to the nation what you owe the nation, but also to be responsible on and above that to God, which is above the nation. So it's this other level that God elevates your thinking to, and you have to think about it in terms of, yes, you live on this earth, you have to participate in the systems of this earth, but you also live in the kingdom of God, which is bigger than this earth. It's bigger than even the nation that you're in. And so you have to participate in the nation of God. And how do you do that? Well, there's a lot of different ways, and, and in this particular example, Jesus is specifically talking about generosity and how you're supposed to understand the kingdom of God. And if you have money and someone needs money in the kingdom of God, you're supposed to help them. But it's bigger than that, too, in your responsibility, in your duty, in how you live. And that gets to this idea that's been floating around of Christian nationalism, this idea that this is a Christian nation, that's America that we, that we live in now. And the reality is, that's not the whole picture, right? There's more, and that's what Jesus is saying. But let me tell you a little story of this nation first, and you've probably heard something like this recently, or maybe you've said something like this recently, right? Once upon a time, there was a nation founded by Christians, founded by people who came to this country from other countries where they were persecuted and they founded this Christian nation and they wanted it to be a city on a hill. They even said things like it was a new Jerusalem. Um, I think even I have the note here, the um, John Winthrop and some of the other Puritans in 1630 said in, in the, in the, uh, in some of their documents, they said, we shall be as a city upon a hill, right? They intentionally made this as a Christian nation so that it would be a city on a hill, so there would be a light, and and then you can go through different things that America has done for the world and how they have helped the world um, grow in certain areas, been a light to the world, help them with prosperity, help them even win wars. I mean, all of these things, right? And so it's a Christian nation. And so then what happens in the story is, we start electing bad people and the people don't follow God. So then God removes his blessing or he removes his providence. And then the nation is doing bad. And then now, now we get to where we are and the election and all these other things where you get to this point where we have to elect people 
who will restore America to its former glory because it needs to be a Christian nation. And it's like, oh, that's close, and it's almost right, but it's not quite right. And here's why, right? Um, it, this really has never been a Christian nation. America isn't a Christian nation. In fact, I would love to flip that around to the other side and say, hopefully, what we could be instead is a nation of Christians. And even when you go back to those Puritans and you go back to the founders of America, they weren't trying to make a Christian nation. Yes, they had biblical values, Judeo-Christian values. Yes, they wrote in biblical values to the Declaration, to the Constitution. Yes, many of them were pastors preachers um, and related to the faith in certain ways. And so they brought that into the creation of this nation. But when you look at the documents and you actually read through them and you realize what they're trying to say is, instead of this being a Christian nation, it's a nation free to practice Christianity or in fact anything. And, and we may not even like that. We may not like the idea that there's freedom to worship whatever, whomever you want. And so some of us don't agree with that, but that's the system that they created because they came from this place where the religion was specified by the government and enforced by the government. And you had to do a certain religion based on what the government told you to do. And they were actually rebelling against that and saying, no, I want to be free to worship God in the way that I want to worship God. And so that's why you have this freedom of assembly and freedom of religious expression in these first documents, because you have a freedom to worship in the way that you want. And everyone should have that freedom. That's what the founders wanted to give. And that's a different situation than saying it's a Christian nation. So it's not that we're a Christian nation, it's that we wanted to be a nation of Christians. We wanted those biblical values, we wanted that morality to instill the very hearts of those that were in the nation of America as it was founded at the time. And that really needs to be what we work for. And yes, of course, we want to elect people that have biblical values, that are Christian that have morality in a certain way because those people that have those values, when they are in positions of government and positions of power, they will move the culture through legislation towards a more moral reality. However, you cannot legislate morality. You just you just can't. Like it you can't force someone to be moral, you can't force someone to do the right thing. That's just not how it works. It's the same way of saying, I'm going to force you to love me. That's just ridiculous because if I force you to love me, then it's not love and I'm just forcing you to do something. I need you to love me because you want to love me. That's the same thing that God says to us. He gives you the choice. You don't have to love God. If you choose to love God, then that's your choice and that is actual love because you've chosen to do it. Same thing in your relationships, same thing with your spouse. We have to choose to be moral. We have to choose to follow God and God gives us that freedom and we should give other people that freedom. That's again why it was written in such a way that you have the freedom, the free expression of your worship and that won't be hindered. So you're able to worship in the way that you want to. And so we have to really focus on what is the freedom that we want to give and then elect people that 
embody those freedoms, who live those values, who practice those values, because that does make a difference in society. It does make a difference in our reality, and we should want to do that. But we can't expect that by electing people who are just people and are broken people, just like you and just like me, to be the savior of the country. It, it just doesn't work that way because we're all broken people. And there was one perfect person, that was Jesus. And at the moment, while he does reign, he doesn't reign on this earth. That day will come, and we'll, you can read about that in Revelation, the end of Daniel. There's a lot of um, things that will be coming, but at the moment, this world is controlled by this world. And so we have to have deference to the leaders of this world but realize there is a higher thing going on. The kingdom of God is still present already, but it's not yet fulfilled, right? That's the promises of Revelation. Much longer story. We're not going to talk about that today. But we have to know that, I guess, Christian nationalism, it depends how you define it, right? I, I want us to be a nation of Christians. I want us to be a nation where there are where it's full of believers and and then we can live that shared biblical value. But to say we have to legislate morality and legislate Christianity so all people have to follow Christianity, that just sounds terrible. And, and in fact, again, that's not freedom because then I'm telling you what you have to do and then you don't have the freedom to follow God and the life of following God is a life of freedom because of what Jesus has done to set us free we can't live that way that that's not that's not real and that's not the way it works and there's no example of history of that we have this example of history of america where we made freedom to be able to worship and to be able to follow whomever you want my hope is that you follow jesus and that you make that choice to follow jesus but you have to make that choice everyone has to make the choice to follow whomever they're going to follow some people choose to not follow anybody which ultimately ends up following themselves or some weird things. But again, that's another story. So I think the story of Jesus and the coin and illustrating the hierarchy of current national leaders and the overarching rule of God is a really good perspective. And I'll leave you with a couple others. Paul reminds us in Philippians 3 that our citizenship is in heaven and from heaven we await the Savior that is Jesus Christ. And again, that's looking forward to this day when Jesus comes back and we believe he's going to come back and he will be the King of Kings on this earth. That day is not yet. And then one more, this is out of 2 Peter 2, that we're supposed to honor everyone. We're even supposed to honor the emperor, Peter says in that. And so we need to give deference. We need to give honor to the leaders. Um, but we have to always realize that when they line up with God, we give them the honor they deserve. When they get out of line where, where God is going, we can't honor them in the same way because we have to follow God. You can read Daniel for that. When when people said to Daniel, hey, and when the, when the ruler, Nebuchadnezzar, said, gave the edict and said, you can't pray, Daniel said, well, I'm going to pray. I worship through prayer. And he did pray. And not only did he pray alone in his room, hiding, he opened the window so everyone in the town could see I'm praying, I'm standing in the window, I'm praying out loud, and I'm praying to my God, and there's nothing you can do about it. And in fact, they threw him into the lion's den. That's a whole great story. You should go read that. We may talk about that more later. But he's like, when 
the rules of the government line up and allow me to worship in freedom, I will do that. When the rules of government do not line up, and unfortunately, that's some of the things we've even seen lately, right? And I can say, I'm going to do more about this later, but just this last Friday, the Supreme Court finally ruled that in California, going to worship inside is allowed. It hasn't been allowed in California for months and months and months in 90-something percent of the state. You're not allowed to go inside and worship. You have to worship outside or worship in your living room or something. And that's impinging on the rights of worship that we have. And we have to we have to figure out where that line is of following the government or following our worship of God. Right. And that's been really hard. And in fact, I'll go one more and say there's still a question of whether you're allowed to sing in worship because singing is too dangerous. And for me, I'll be honest, I draw the line at that because like singing is a part of the worship that I do to my God. It's how I connect to God through music. And I mean, there's so many examples of biblical worship through singing, including David, one of the writers of most of the Psalms. Like, we need to be able to sing as a church and to tell me you, you can't sing and because I, I feel like Daniel in that space of, I, I'm going to sing and I'm going to sing to God because my God is bigger than the government of this world and I'm accountable to God. And for me to say, God, I'm just taking a pause on worshiping you because the government said I can't, that doesn't sit right with my soul. So... Christian nationalism, it's its a slippery slope, and we don't want to fall into this place where we think we're going to elect the saviors of the country. That's just not going to happen. In your family, with your friends, in your church, at your work, the responsibility you do have, the things that you can do, is help people understand who Jesus is. Show them love. When, when God says, when Jesus says, love God and love one another, That's something you can do, and that's something you should do. You should show people how to love Jesus, how to follow Jesus, how to be like Jesus. That, as Jesus said, then at the end of Matthew, we hear Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, right? And that is actually fulfilling the commandment of, yeah, I can tell you about Jesus. You can tell someone else about Jesus. And then that reach expands. And hopefully, hopefully, God willing, we can become a nation of Christians rather than a Christian nation. I hope that makes sense to you. Thank you again for tuning in. Check us out online at churchpublic.com or on all of the socials. It's my pleasure to be able to do this. And I really appreciate your help and support. God bless you as always. And keep the faith.